0: First off, if you're not in a small group already, uh, we do encourage you to get into one. Uh, we've got a couple more that are uh, coming up here, some new ones that are available. Uh, the Zoom group is going to be starting a new study. I believe it's uh, February 6th. Uh, they're doing this new study called In the Grip of Grace uh, by Max Lucado. Uh, they're going to be doing that every Tuesday at 7.30, starting on February 6th. If you need any information about that, uh, you can catch Justin. He just walked off the stage was leading us here in worship. Uh, he leads that group, and he's doing an excellent job with it. Uh, for any questions, you can see him about that group. Uh, Winter Jam is coming to Rupp. Uh, Sunday, February 4th, and uh, we're going to be going. We're taking a group. Just talked to someone this morning. And they said, I've got nine people that want to go. And I said, hey, that's awesome. So uh, we're planning on doing that. That is February 4th, starting around 6 o'clock at Rupp. Uh, so if you want to go, we'll get a game plan together. Just to let me know. Tickets are just 15 bucks at the door, and you can see artists like Crowder, uh, Kane, Lecrae, who's a Christian rapper, uh, new Song is there every year. That's a really cool thing if you've never been before. So uh, if you want to get a group together, just let me know. Find me after service, and we'll talk about uh, carpooling. The big game's taking place Sunday, February 11th. Uh, we're meeting here with Journey students for that uh, starting at 6 o'clock. And if you're not into football, uh, you can still come and enjoy the activities that we're going to be doing. We do uh, commercial bingo. And uh, we get a list of all of the commercials are going to run, or uh, rumored to run, uh, at the Super Bowl. And uh, we cross them off. And there's prizes given out. We also predict the final score of the game. Uh, it's a lot of fun more than just uh, football. So if you're interested in that and you're a 6th through 12th grader or a parent or guardian, just find me after service if you have any questions about that. And we've got some outreach opportunities here uh, for the winter. So we'll talk about these real quick. Uh, we are doing an animal shelter outreach. Uh, It's been cold. Say cold, and if you all are cold, our animals are also cold. And uh, we thought this was a really cool thing to get involved with, so our local animal shelter is asking us for uh, throws and newspapers, and we're going to be collecting those up until February 4th, and then that week we will take them to the animal shelter. You can help by bringing in those throws and newspapers and just dropping it in this black tub right here by the sage. There's already some stuff in there. Uh, so just go to Walmart, wherever you shop, uh, get some couple of cheap throws for some animals and some newspapers. Uh, that would be awesome and help us out a lot. If you have any questions about that, you can see uh, Tracy. I, I think Tracy's in the back this morning, but you can see her. She's the one that's kind of heading up this outreach for us. Uh, you can see Tracy for any information on if you want to get involved more uh, with the animal shelter outreach. And then we're going to talk about Valentine's because uh, February is half over. Uh, we are doing a Valentine's outreach through Journey Kids. Uh, So what we're going to be doing is Journey Kids is going to be putting together Valentine goodie bags, and they are going to be signing them, putting in candy in these bags, and we are going to take them to our local nursing homes. And so here's what we need. We are going to get the goodie bags, Journey Church will, uh, but we need help with the Valentines and the candy. So if you are a parent or guardian of one of our Journey Kids that meets in the back on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, you can bring in those items and send them back with your kids during class time. And then February 4th, they will put those together in class. So it'll be the week before uh, Valentine's Day. If you want to help with that too, if you want to help volunteer in the back uh, with your kids, uh, we're going to try to whip them into shape with an assembly line. They'll be ready for the workforce when they get older. Uh, But it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we did this last year. We had just a few kids, but we are growing. Say growing. We are growing. And it's a great thing to have kids in the back And uh, one of the best things we can do is try to get them involved uh, in the community doing some kind of outreach. So if that interests you, if you're a parent or guardian, please bring in valentines and candy, send them back with your kids, and we'll put them back there until February 4th, and then we'll do that and put them together. All right, we're in a series today called uh, What's Needed Most. Uh, We're talking about what happens when we flip the page to a new calendar year. Uh, This topic today is a little hot. (laughs) <laughs> we're talking about uh, physical boundaries. We're talking about boundaries between uh, us and our relationships. Uh, we're talking about sex today. So uh, plug your ears. No, I'm just kidding. Bobby's going to have a, a clean message today. He's, he's got some good wisdom from the book of Proverbs because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about wisdom, and we really do need some wisdom when we're talking about our physical relationships and setting boundaries. Before we get started, uh, let me pray. Would you bow with me, please? God, we thank you for this morning. It's a cold one, uh, but it is beautiful. It's a beautiful day, and it's a beautiful day to gather here together. And I pray that this morning that Bobby could bring this message forward and communicate it clearly to us on what it is that you have to say to us regarding our physical relationships and setting boundaries and using wisdom in that. God, right now I pray for everyone who is uh, here this morning. All walks of life, people going through different things, people that couldn't uh, join us this morning because of the weather and things like that. Uh, We pray for safety those traveling uh, over the next couple days and hopefully it warms up here soon. But I thank you for these people here this morning that have uh, braved the cold weather and joined us here because they love you and they love people. And God right now I pray for this message. Pray that this message brings you honor and glory uh, because that's why we're here. But We're here because of you and we're here because of your son Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.
1: Hey guys, Brian has set me up, he's talking about sex and I'm trying to say, now what am I going to tell these guys about sex on Sunday morning, but we're going to get there, we're going to get to the Bible and what God has to say about relationships, so don't get too freaked out, I, let me just start here, I don't know how you got here, it was a cold day, I, I don't, I'm not even sure if your car was grinding as you tried to turn it over this morning or it didn't want to turn over, but thank you for coming, Uh I'm glad you're in here. I hope you're warm. We've got tons of coffee over there. If you need more coffee to warm up, we've got some stuff at the coffee bar. If your little snack's already gone, I'm just saying relax for a moment. I'll try to whip this out in about 20 minutes. It's going to make a lot of sense. I tell you, I, I get up here every time and I'm nervous because I know God's going to tell me what to say and I don't know what he wants me to say. But I'm going to get there. And it happened last night on Saturday service. Handful of people, it was really cold, people online. And there's some of you online right now. And so I, I just want you to, I want you to try something different. Whatever's on your mind, just push pause for a second. Just push pause for 15, 20 minutes and listen. Listen to what God might be describing in your life. And, and he'll use me and my notes and my thoughts, I'm sure, uh, to somehow guide what it is that you need to hear. So, here we go. Let's, let's talk about God. That, that's why we came. Not to see if the preacher's good or see what the music's like or who else is there. You're here on a cold day because you're curious about the God thing. That's great. My my word for 2024 that I chose was wisdom. So about every year, people either make New Year's resolutions or they pick a word for the year to maybe try to focus on one word. So I chose wisdom. And so when I got to that point where I I wanted to pray every day and think every day about my own wisdom... I began to ask God in my mind, I mean, God doesn't talk to me like you talk to me. I mean, it's different. It's like I have this impression like, God, this is what I'm thinking. Is this what you want me to do? And so I began asking God to my, you know, in my thoughts and just what I read and everything else, where can we go in January that will really make a difference before we turn the page, before we turn the page of the calendar in 2023 and move on to another year in 2024? What What should I talk about? What should I emphasize in the first series? And that's why I went to Proverbs. And so we went to the series called Proverbs. And we're working our way through six weeks. This is week four. And I want you to remember what we started with, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. First first lesson that I spoke, and some of you are new here today, and so you haven't heard what I said that first weekend. But that's okay. That's okay, because this is the... This is just a reminder of what I said, and if you've not heard it, just kind of let it sink in for a second. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, Solomon, the wisest guy who ever lived, at least that's what the Bible says. He said, fear of God, respect of God, honor of God, reverence of God. You use whatever word you like. The word in the New Living Translation is fear of God, respect of God. The fear of God is the beginning of Of wisdom and knowledge it starts there now you've already tried a lot of things this year to get your your started right all of us have I want to be healthy I don't want to get sick take my vitamins get more rest you know we're all trying to watch our AOC A01C numbers we're trying to watch everybody's trying everything you can do I got to go see a doctor I got an appointment we need those things do those things But more than anything, we all need God's wisdom. It needs to start there. That needs to begin there. So this is what I've thrown out there for us to consider. Pick God first. Put him at the top of the list of all things this year that's important to you. Pick God first as the main event. Not how much money you're making. Not how many hours you're working. Not who you go to bed with at night. Not who lives in your house or doesn't live in your house. Pick God first. Main event. The second thing we talked about was pick better friends. Again, Solomon said this. You need to pick friends who are loyal. Stick with you through thick and thin. Not just there to flatter you. People that will actually tell you the truth. When you're when you're off the map, when you're like, "Dude, you're out of control. You need a friend that will tell you the truth. You need a friend that will be with with you through whatever things happen that are tragic, difficult. pick God, pick a friend. And then last week I said, "Pick better words." Oh my goodness, I tell you, I wish I could just explain to you how many times I'm dumb. I'm, telling you, I'm a guy, I'm dumb, I've done this for 45 years, speak, speaking in front of an audience, but it's still hard to do to control your words. And often it's, it's the timing, it's the tone of your words, and we can't get it right. None of us can get it right unless we, unless we have God's wisdom. And even with God helping us, sometimes it comes out wrong. Say, wrong? This is hard stuff, guys. This isn't like I can just give you one, two, three, and you're going to walk away and be cured of yourself. Because you are your biggest problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's preaching now. But it's the honest to goodness truth, and so am I. My big old mouth. I mean, I'm supposed to be making a living and a career by guiding you, but I'm a problem too. And I need God's wisdom to try to help me every time I get up in front of somebody to try to say it in such a way that I don't make somebody so mad they're like, I ain't coming back to that place again. I'm never going to listen to that guy again. And it's tricky because it can come out wrong. So if you start talking about sex or you start talking about the physical relationship men and women have together, man, you're going to mess in somebody's business. They're like, "That's that's none of your business, preacher. So I'm trying to say this in a way that you you join me here because there really is some truth I've got to teach and it's in the Bible. And so pick God first. He's the main event. Get things started with Him. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Pick better friends. Then pick better words. And then this weekend, last night and today and right now, pick healthy boundaries in our physical relationships with people guys and girls, and God will honor that. And that's what it is. That's what I'm trying to present to you, to you guys today, picking healthy boundaries in our physical relationships. Everybody talks about sex except in church. I mean, you can't even watch commercials without, like, blushing, like, somebody give me the remote control. So I want to turn this around. Our culture has stolen sex from God and turned it into something that it's not. I hate to tell you, it's not a dirty subject. It's not a bad thing. It's a gift of God in the right context, in the right framework, in the right moment. It is good. Say good, but our culture is so freaking good at taking something of God which is good and flipping it around until it ends up being something that's bad. And that's what I'm talking about today. We've allowed our culture to tell us what it really means. And it ain't true. It's not true. I want to tell you what truth looks like in the Bible when it comes to the physical relationship. God has done great things. God has done great things. We just sang that song. God has done great things. In relationships between men and women. Sex is not supposed to be weird. It's something God created. And in the right context. The context of a marriage between a man and a woman. The physical part of this relationship. It is a gift of God. But we've allowed our culture to yank. To yank it away from God. Out of his hands. The physical part out of the context of marriage. And I'll tell you what it does. It brings shame and guilt And you smile like, man, that was fun. But it's not fun. It is something wrong that we realize. Something's messed up. And it's true because it is not the way God honors it. And so God wants what's best for us in everything that we do. And in our physical relationships. He has something to say about sexual temptation. And how it can become sin. And it starts... With this passage I'm going to read here in Proverbs chapter 6. It's like playing with fire. You got one little match. You can strike that little match and it's fun. But before you know it, you done gone through the whole box of matches. Verse 27, can a man scoop fire in his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man or woman walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. Like getting too close to the campfire. Before you know it, somebody stirred the fire with a stick and now you've done burned a hole in your shirt or your jacket or you get too close. And we've all been burned somehow in relationships with people and sometimes it's a physical relationship outside a healthy boundary that God's established and it's like hot, hot, hot. It's like somebody handed you a hot potato And now you don't know how to handle it or what to do with it. And we end up with a lot of burns and scars and sadness, pain that can be a long time in recovery like some burn unit in a hospital that takes forever. So, having said that, what does God really say in Proverbs 3,000 years ago through Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived says God there's three takeaways you can jot down. This subject about our physical healthy physical boundaries between men and women is going to be very tempting. Put the word tempting in there. That's an understatement if I that's an understatement if I ever could come up with one. If you like chocolate, it's like you know there's a whole gallon of chocolate ice cream in the freezer. And every time you walk by the freezer, you're thinking to yourself, I've got to stop and get another bowl of chocolate ice cream. If you've got anything like that in your life, whatever it is, it can be food, it can be, it can be anything. It can be, it can be a good thing. But if we have this attraction to something, it's like a magnet that pulls us in. And so Solomon tells us the physical relationship is going to be so tempting. So be careful. Say careful. I told this true story many times, but I'll tell it again. Ozark Christian College, I'm a trustee at Dallas Christian College, been there for years, but Ozark Christian College had a professor in his 80s, had a younger professor in his 40s who came and said, sir, I've got to talk to you, I'm ashamed, I'm guilty, I'm a professor at a Bible college, but I've got to ask you this question and you're wise and you're in your 80s and you should know, when when will I ever be over this temptation, this this desire to look at look at other females, I'm married, I'm happy, I have children, when when can I control this? And the old man looked at him and said, I wouldn't trust myself until I'm three days dead in the grave, I'm just saying. You're never going to get over some attractions, and this is one of the hardest. Oh, when I'm just 20, or when I'm 40, or when I'm 60, or when I'm 80, we need God's help. Say, help? Help. You're not going to conquer this one by just saying, I'm not going to eat ice cream. It's not the same. This is different. Let me read it. Proverbs 5. My son, pay attention. Solomon's writing to my wisdom. That's what I want is wisdom and so do you. Listen well to my words of insight. Look at verse 2. That you may, you and I may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. You'll acquire a taste for a good sense, common sense that will keep you out of trouble if you'll listen to God when it comes to your physical relationships. Instead of letting your emotions drag you to the freezer and the refrigerator where the chocolate ice cream is stored, instead of going there, pay attention. Ask God for wisdom, insight, and knowledge so that you can control yourself, keep you out of trouble. Verse 3, for the lips of an adulteress, drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as gall. It's like gravel in your mouth, hard to swallow. So Solomon begins to, he begins to draw a picture, and this is not a real person who is a prostitute or someone who is committing adultery. This is in a This is in a picture. This is in a metaphor. This is like us imagining any kind of relationship, any kind of addiction that we have is like this physical addiction. And so he describes it like someone who is being attracted to an adulterous affair. For the lips of an adulterous person drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her Steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths are crooked, but she knows it not. She hasn't got a clue. Person represented by this temptation hasn't got a clue about what life, real life is about. Verse 7, now then, my sons and daughters and my people, my family, my church, put any word you want in there. Put your own name in there. Listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say keep to a path far from any kind of addiction, but especially any kind of physical addiction, attraction that you're not in the right healthy boundary that God created for husbands and wives and marriage. Do not go near the door of her house. So Solomon says, write it down. Sexual sins... Very tempting have always been, and this temptation that he's describing lures us like bait on a hook. Chocolate ice cream in the freezer tastes sweet like honey, goes down smooth, but it will become the worst bellyache that you ever had in your life if you give in. Say, bellyache? Yeah, get it all messed up Your physical relationships, it's a gift of God, a blessing of God, it gets all messed up. All right, if you're taking some notes, jot this down. It will destroy relationships and intimacy, verse 5. It's not going to be life giving. Oh, this is going to be great. No, it's not. This is what I've always looked for. No, it's not. This is what I really need. No, it's not. It will destroy your relationships and intimacy. Being in an affair with a prostitute in this verse, or any kind of infidelity, any kind of addiction and unfaithfulness to God, whatever it looks like, physical addiction or any other kind, whether it's pornography or emotional adultery or any kind of affair, anything like that, that we are drawn away from God or one true love, it will rob and destroy the intimacy between a husband and wife that God intended. So Solomon says, understand all this. And so that's why he wrote down, don't go near it, Proverbs 5 verse 8. Don't go near it. Stay out of the kitchen. Stay away from the freezer. Stay off the internet. Put away TikTok. Stop doing that. Stop picking up the phone and sending messages that you know are compromising your integrity. Don't do that. That's what he says. Solomon warns us you're not going to conquer this by yourself, this lust by yourself. If you're all on your own trying to go toe to toe with any kind of addiction, but addiction wins every time. Drug addiction, alcohol addiction, pornography, adultery, just name it. Homosexuality, just pick one. Addiction of any kind outside of marriage, within the boundaries, safe, healthy boundaries of marriage. You're not going to win without some help. We need some help. A couple of weeks ago before all this crazy weather came, I was sitting in my sunroom. And so uh, we've got a porch that we closed in a couple of years ago. Got these 11 windows in it. It's all toasty and warm in there now. And I can watch out the windows. I can look at all the snow on the ground. And so a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in that room. Early in the morning, sun's coming up. I'm kind of watching the world come alive. And I noticed my fence line. Now, I've got a backyard that meets up with a hayfield. My fence where I mow, it stays green, it stays pretty, it looks nice, and on the other side is a hayfield and there aren't any cows. It's just good pasture land and it stays, you know, growing and it's a great pasture and a great hillside to look at. And that's what I've used that's what I've been used to looking at. But that morning two weeks ago I noticed the dead of winter that my grass is all it's all down. It's not. And and the hay's all down. And there's not any leaves. And there's not any greenery. And so everything's exposed. And so I noticed a couple weeks ago that my back fence, which is an old farm fence, it's a woven wire fence. It's got posts there. I noticed my corner post was leaning. Leaning a lot. And I noticed that my old fence is falling down off of that like I hadn't noticed that I, but because I, I couldn't see it. It was camouflaged. It was hidden. When I've got green grass and hayfield growing, you couldn't notice what was going on with my fence, my fence line, my boundary line, my property line until the dead of winter. And so I was so curious, I got out of my chair, and I got out of my house, and I walked down to the corner to look at my corner post, and I looked at the ground. And that first time I could see the bottom of the corner post is completely rotted. It's gone. There was nothing at the bottom. There's no post at the bottom. corner post. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. If you and I don't do some real inventory here this morning in your relationships, physical relationships. Oh, you look good. You dress up pretty nice. You look pretty in a mirror like my fence line in the summertime. But in the dead of winter in a crisis, when you're exposed and everybody can see clear to the bottom. If you do not have Jesus as your chief cornerstone, your corner post, you're going to start sagging like my old post and my old fence. And it's going to all fall down. It's going to come down. And that's what happens to you and I, is we think I can do this. We, I think I can conquer my addiction, my alcohol or my, my, my drug addiction or, or my pornography or my affairs and sleeping around. We think I can handle this until eventually the bottom is gone, the bottom has gone. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The wise man built, built his house upon a rock. And if you don't have a cornerstone, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. If you don't have a corner post that is strong and tight and holds your life together, you're in trouble when the winds of life go to blow. And say amen. That's what's going on. And Solomon tells us, pay attention and listen. Pick God first. You want 2024 to be different? Pick God as the boss and get out of the driver's seat and let God take over. Put him there. Let him take over. And pick better friends. If you don't have friends that will tell you the truth when you're messing up, then get different friends. Watch your words and the context of your words and the timing and tone of your words and listen to what you're saying to another person. You may injure them. Be careful how you say it and when you say it. And finally, make sure you've got some healthy boundaries. Pick healthy boundaries in your physical relationship with other people, especially men and women. Don't go near it. It's an attraction, this lust that you can't conquer. It'll conquer you. Here's how it reads in 1 Corinthians 6. Paul wrote this. There's more to sex than than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical act, as written in Scripture. The two become one. Since we want to become spiritually one with a master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever. The kind of sex that can never become one. Our society and culture has stolen the gift of intimacy and we have bought we have bought a mess and made a bad trade in believing that if i have great sex i'm going to have a lot of fun in life great physical relationship if all you've got is one dimensional relationship with another person whatever person that is it's very limited god intended for us to have a multi-level multi-dimensional relationship with him and with each other and it should begin first of all we've got it backwards our culture has taken it hostage so we move in we're not married we don't have a permanent relationship and so we have great sex and we think now I've got what I've been looking for and God says in scriptures just the opposite You pick God first, and you have a spiritual relationship. The second part of that relationship is to be relational and friendship, and the third part is physical after you're married. That's how it's supposed to work. But we've listened to the world and our culture, and we've got it turned around. And say, I'm talking to people that are in this room and online with me right now, and you're in a pickle. Because you already love one another. And you're already in this kind of relationship. And you're going to need wisdom. For any kind of addiction that we have that is not of God, we can't fix it by ourselves. We're going to have to go to God to help guide us and coach us. And there's not any one sermon going to straighten it out. But you need to straighten it out. You need to work on this with God's help to straighten out your relationships. Or you're never going to have the intimacy with God that God desires to have with you. That's just the way it is. To have a relationship with God as God wants to honor and bless you. Solomon says, do not go near the house of the adulteress, whatever kind of addiction it becomes. Physical or drugs and alcohol or pornography or anything else. Why? Here's number two, because the best parts of your life are going to be taken away. That's the price that you'll pay And you know people like that already. And they've been from detox to detox. And they're not cured yet. They still have not found a way to conquer themselves. They're trying to do it themselves. And they are their own worst enemy. And you need God's help. And so the best parts of life will be taken away while we are living in this compromise. Verse 9. Lest you give your best strength to others... And your years to one who is cruel, lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich another man's house. You're going to end up paying child support, is what Solomon says. You're going to end up paying child support because you're going to end up in a relationship and have kids, and you don't have a permanent relationship, and you don't have a commitment, a covenant relationship that marriage is intended to be between a husband and a wife, and now you have kids. And now you've fallen out and you've gone to court. And the court has decided that you're going to pay child support. That's what Solomon's talking about. You're going to, it's going to cost you dearly. At the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and body are spent. You're going to work overtime and more overtime to try to keep up with what the government says or what the judge says or what the settlement says some kind of court-ordered settlement like you've got to stay sober or you've got to stay clean or you've got to do this or you've got to do that, you're going to find yourself that you've lost your freedom and you're not in charge any longer. You will say, how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. Solomon says you're not willing to listen, not willing to be coached, not willing to take any advice, not willing to make a permanent change. You're going to pay for it, and it's going to cost you dearly. I would not obey my teachers or listen to my instructions. Verse 14, I have come to the brink of utter ruin in the midst of the whole assembly. Say amen. Sin will take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. Pick God first. Pick better friends. Pick better words. And pick healthy boundaries. Anybody know somebody that's on the brink of failure like I'm describing? Oh yeah, I know some people like that. And maybe it's us. Solomon says there's a pattern here in our sexual sins, physical relationships. You are going to look back and you're going to regret all of it. A relationship that you should have broken off and ended. You should have clarified. You get into some kind of cycle of events that you just keep repeating and it is eventually a waste of time. It's a waste of your life and it's expensive and it eats up big chunks of your health, time, and money, and you live with regrets, and it becomes a divorce, a pregnancy, you lose a job, you lose opportunities, and we feel sorry for people. If you're taking notes, Solomon says it's all going to come out sooner or later, it's all going to come out like a bad train wreck. And when it does, we are left in ruin, wrecking our life, our home, our future, our house, and you end up sitting on a big pile of regret. Say, regret. Here's number three. Solomon says there is a solution. It's not easy, not simple, but it is the only solution. Pick God first. Pick better friends. Pick better words. And pick healthy boundaries in your physical relationships. Proverbs 5, verse 15. Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets and your streams of water in the public squares Let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. Do you know what he's talking about? Water and cisterns. If you haven't caught on, cisterns and water are the polite Hebrew way of talking about sex. Now look at that. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. Verse 20. Why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? And addiction. Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? So Solomon warns us in this description of a public situation like a fountain of water. People who sleep around, it's like a public thing. It's like really bad water. And he says, instead drink from fresh water from your own cistern instead of toilet water. That's gone everywhere through your community. Call it what you want. But find satisfaction from your own spring. Your own sister. And your own marriage relationship. Not in any other kind of distraction. That's unhealthy. Unhealthy boundaries. God gave us. Jot this down. Physical relationships. To bring a husband and a wife together. And that's how it ought to be. God has described in his. truth through. Solomon, to all of us in Proverbs, that he has a plan for a physical relationship between a husband, a wife, a man, and a woman. And uh, that's where the blessing comes. I've done some of your weddings. I'll probably do some more. I've married all of my adult children, done their weddings, 45 years of this. Brian and Bridget, I've done their wedding. I make them all sit down with me when they say, Preacher, will you do the wedding? Will you have a wedding for us? I make them all sit down with me and we start at the same place. Genesis 2.24. And I read that first. Do you know what it says? I hope they do. I hope they remember. Genesis 2.24, God who created everything. The first man and woman and the first marriage. It was God, Adam and Eve. And in Genesis 2.24 it says, leave, cleave, and become one flesh. Leave, cleave, and become one flesh. That's the formula for success for every marriage. Leave, cleave, and one flesh. God intended for us to come together physically, but not just physically. He intended for us to have this multidimensional, spiritual, relational, physical relationship together bring us together it's not like this bad thing it's not like God looked down at Adam and Eve and they were like hugging and kissing and getting things on and God said where did you see that at stop it it wasn't that at all this was God's plan that they would come together in a relationship that God honored multi-dimensional and they literally came together in honor and glory and and blessing And so, God gives us this and our culture has stolen it from God and twisted it and turned it in such a way that we're not talking about the same subjects. We've inserted different things in God's plan for all of us. It's not Genesis 2.24, leave, cleave, and become one flesh. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and the two will come together forever. So... It would be a whole lot easier, guys, if there were only two of us on the planet. If you only got one color of car and motorcycle to pick from, and it's black, it's pretty easy for me to pick a black motorcycle. Say amen. Heck, you can pick motorcycles any color. You can pick trucks and cars. We've got so many choices. It makes it harder that you pick God's color, that you pick God's plan, That you pick healthy boundaries. Because we've been given by our culture so many other options. Here's all I can say. Then we'll do the bottom line. I'm out of time. You just need to pretend like you are the only two people on the planet. And you don't have any choice except the one you got. If your chick is short, you better be into short chicks. That's all I can say. Say amen. Amen. I'm just saying. Be a lot better. You'll have wisdom. God will bless and honor your relationship. Bottom line, one way leads to death and the other leads to life. Life. So if you're in trouble a little bit with what I've talked about today and I stirred up a bit of a pot here, it's not over. God, God doesn't throw you under the bus, but you do, make, you do need to make a choice here and you need to be willing to let God transform a better version. How do we do that? We confess to God. I'm in trouble and I need a little help. Guide me to somebody that can coach me, mentor me, not reject me. We need to confess and we need to flee and run from some people and some stuff and some situations or you're going to end up sitting on a pile of regret. So if you can't do it by yourself and your own courage, get some help. If you can't walk past the kitchen without stopping at the refrigerator, then get some help. Here's how Solomon ends chapter 5 verse 21. For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his paths. The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him, and the cords of his sin hold him fast. He will die for lack of discipline, led astray by his own great folly. We might fool everybody in your family and in your life, but we're not fooling God. And if you're fooling around, God already knows it. So you need to straighten up. And God will help you, but you need to make a decision or you're going to have a corner post that starts falling down because the bottom's rotted out. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The wise man built his house on a rock. And so you need to put down a foundation and a corner post that will hold everything together and hold you together. Let's pass the communion. Everybody take a cup and uh, I'm going to pray about it. We're going to ask God to help us be honest be very honest with ourselves about our relationships and if our relationships are kind of messy or mixed up in some way we ask God to help us sort it out you don't have to do it all this morning but you have to begin there and ask God to start working on you so you can become a better version of what God would like you to be pick God first Pick better friends, then pick better words, and then pick healthy boundaries. Stop fooling around. Bread. You might be 20 or you might be 80, but we all need a little help. Together? pray god thank you that we walked through this with you and i pray that some of this will stick whatever word or phrase or bible verse that was planned for every person i pray they captured it and they'll hang on to it right now may we realize it's not over and it's never too late because of jesus on the cross we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother his name is jesus Matter of fact, he rescues us. Will you rescue us right now, God? Will you rescue us from ourselves? We are our own worst enemy. We imagine things in our mind that are just not true. We begin begin to live in some kind of bitter spirit or some kind of uh, impatient attitude or just some kind of anger thing that's going on. and we dream it up or we believe it or Satan plants it in our mind and we're all messed up. God, will you just straighten this out right now as we've taken communion which pushes us back to the cross and Jesus standing there hanging there bleeding there and dying there on the cross because of us. Not somebody else not some poor other rascal but because of each one of us. May we realize the price he paid may we be willing to cooperate and be coachable May we be guided to become a better version. Stop being so stubborn. Will we give up and give ourselves to surrender to you? Will you do it because we stopped taking this moment with Jesus? May we stand there at the foot of the cross right now. May we surrender all, everything. In his name, amen. Drop your cup in the basket. If you've got something to put in a tie jug, pocket change put that in there you got a gift to give to journey church help us pay for the electric bills while the heat's running that'd be great put it in the plate let's do that and you guys who are home come and join us we're going to hit this again next week i'm not going to tell you what next week i'm going to talk about we've been talking about picking god and picking better friends and picking better words and now picking healthy boundaries what in the world is that preacher going to talk about next week about picking i'm going to tell you next week come back next week and we're going to have more Proverbs, or I'll give you another one. We're going to sing another song. Join us as you sing. Sing like you mean it. Worship God together. Let's all stand.